Chapter thirty three of Fruits of the Spirit. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyglare, Northern Ireland. Fruits of the Spirit by Hamilton Wright. Maybe. Chapter thirty three. Byproducts in life. One of the prime sources of modern wealth is the saving of by-products in the days before science came to the aid of business everything was sacrificed to turn out one major product and nobody realized the enormous waste of materials that went on in almost every factory today as the result of larger knowledge and of more skillfully devised machinery a thousand things which once went to the refuse heap are turned to account and made almost as profitable as the chief product of the factory. In many cases by-products have become so valuable that they have been transformed into major products, and the scrap heap has been converted into salable property. A good many people are still going on in the old way and conducting the business of life as if only one or two results could be secured. They set out to be strong and therefore they live as if the process of getting strength excluded the gaining of all the other virtues in this way they throw away the by-products and miss great chances of wealth in getting strength it is easy to get sweetness as well the same process which makes men and women strong will also make them sweet if they will bring intelligence to bear on what they are doing many people have a highly commendable purpose to become truth-tellers but because they discard the by-products of tact and sympathy they lose the kind of prosperity which makes a man a great capitalist for his friends in time of need the world is full of people who work so hard to do their duty that they do nothing else and make the friends of good causes as unhappy as their enemies the by-products of duty doing are good sense feeling for others and the flexibility which arms high purpose and great integrity with a contagious kindness of temper in morals the by-products are as productive of ease and comfort as in business many men and women are persuaded that order is nature's first law and strive to obey that law by putting everything with which they are concerned into its place and keeping it there this is the secret of effectiveness on a large scale it is also one of the secrets of comfortable living only the orderly man or woman can handle great affairs with ease and dispatch or be thoroughly comfortable in a life of busy and many-sided activities unfortunately in becoming orderly some people make themselves the rigid incarnation of a single principle the living embodiment of a single method and are transformed into slaves instead of servants few people are more terrible to their associates than those who have imbibed the passion for order who cannot see anything out of place without internal misery and external action in whose hands the spirit of a home is sacrificed for the sake of an immaculately clean and orderly house who becomes so absorbed in pursuing method that the spirit of any enterprise with which they are connected is often throttled order like every other method ought to be generously and comfortably enforced and one of the by-products in making oneself 
Orderly is a certain adaptability to conditions. Order was made for man, not man for order. And those who are well trained in keeping things in their place will have the good sense and graciousness to allow things to be out of their place, and when conditions make that state of affairs either excusable or necessary. Like everything else, order must sometimes yield to more immediate necessities. There is a still larger host of people who are bent on being useful, no matter what it costs themselves or their friends. Now usefulness is the characteristic of all people who achieve anything, either in themselves or in society, in an order of life which necessitates cooperation, activity and thoughtfulness. The qualities which make one useful to be an idler is to feel in one's primary duty, but one ought to be useful agreeably and with a certain charity towards others. The fact that one drives oneself with the spur of conscience does not empower one to drive everybody else. Many excellent people go through life like Alberich, cracking a long lash over the heads of the unfortunate Nibelogen. There are many homes in which the demon of usefulness drives out the spirit of joyful consecration to work and duty, and goodness is so violent that it becomes a kind of disorder, and virtue so aggressive that it takes on the aspect of a destroying angel. In order to be useful, it is not necessary to become a slave driver. The by-products of the struggle to be useful are patience, the spirit of cooperation, the habit of recognizing good work, the desire to stimulate and persuade rather than to goad and irritate. Blessed are the good with whom it is pleasant to live. End of section 33. Recording by Chad Horner from Ballyclare, Northern Ireland.